0: A very special guest. He is currently working on a Bobs Burger the musical, where you can see his progress on TikTok. And I'm gonna assume because he's doing that, he's a Bob's Burger fan. It's Greg Negrosilvas. I hello. hope I didn't fuck up your name. (laughs) Negrosilvas.
1: There we go. There we go. Hello, podcast universe, TikTok universe. Uh, everywhere everywhere (laughs) my name is greg my tiktok handle and my instagram handle for that matter is at this is greg n and i'm creating bob's burgers the musical on tiktok it's popular thanks to every
0: one of you who watched the content i've been watching i've been keeping tracks man
1: and wishing wishing
0: all the luck with this thank you and i'm
1: super super excited to have an episode dedicated to Bob's Burgers on your podcast.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. We are talking about Bob's, the Bob's Burger episode, season five, episode one, work harder, die trying girl. Okay. So in preparation for this, ep- for this episode yesterday, I spent all day watching die hard working girl. And then I rewatched the episode and I was just like, there are so many easter eggs in this movie in this 20 minutes something of television
1: yeah it's like a half hour episode but minus the commercials it's like 22 minutes
0: yep it's just jam-packed with so much stuff that you're like oh my god (laughs) but uh this episode was written by norris smith the show was created by lauren bouchard lauren bouchard Loren Bouchard, music and lyrics were written by Loren Bouchard and Nora Smith. I don't know what they wrote though, because there's like a montage happening, and the title, the titular song "Work Hard or Die Trying," girl was written by Carly Simon herself. Uh, the episode is directed by Jennifer Coyle and Bernard Derryman as a supervising director. It premiered October 5th, 2014. And according to IMDB, Gene tries to make one of his dreams a reality when he gets the opportunity to make a musical version of Die Hard at the Wagstaff Fall Festival. Now, I'm gonna I have some contention with that because according to the episode, he's written the Die Hard musical. Right? Yeah?
1: Yeah. So in the episode, it's Jean's big passion project. So basically the principal or the secretary who honestly sounds like one of the characters from recess. I haven't watched that show in ages, but she reminds me of the, of the somebody from recess. She's like, All right, kids, it's time to submit your projects for the Wagstaff Fall Festival.
0: We're not doing Grease again. Oh, no, no more Grease. No
1: more Grease. (laughs) I like Grease, but let's let's do something different. Um, And he was first excited because lunch was tacos or something like that. And then he tells the siblings, I could finally do my passion project I've been working for years on. And mind you, he's 11
0: in real life has yeah. his die hard musical been mentioned before this episode do you know do you remember
1: no this is the first time that die hard the musical is brought up in my god serious <laughs> canon
0: yeah i i i'm going to admit i have not watched the show regularly i've seen bits and bobs of it and then uh coming up with this episode with you you gave me a few options which all were great, but I felt like this one was like more what this show is about. I mean, I could agree. You gave, you also gave me the season four, two episode finale where they save the wharf. Yeah. That I think is, Oh, that is season four. I thought that was season
1: six for a second, but now that I'm looking back on it, it is season four. There was a season four part two finale where, it's very like dramatic and bob is like we're going to have to save the wonder wharf because it's being sold off because the fish odors are power hungry and the um, spoiler alert by the way uh one of the fish odor brothers is like an evil bad man and he wants to like do
0: madman things to
1: to the to bob's Burke to the bob belcher family or whatever
0: He so, almost does yeah almost but, does but in that episode in those episodes each have a song like a, a a breakaway song moment yeah so does that happen a lot in bob's breakers um come to think of it
1: not not so much um i know the first t- couple times it happens in season three the episode of Independent woman um she or or bob and linda sing about how they're both like working independently and Linda's like look at me I'm standing on my own and it's kind of like they both want each other in their lives but you know they're both like doing their own thing because Bob is like oh you can never get a job and when it's like fine I can do whatever I want I'll go to the grocery store and yeah 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 you know (laughs) um so it doesn't it doesn't happen often at least in the earlier seasons but as i've been watching season 11 um there there's usually one to maybe three or four cutaway songs they're not they're not very they're not very long but they tend to be you know really entertaining of course but also um they tend to be you know pretty story driven
0: does it seem i hate to i i'm sorry that i'm going to compare it to another show but does it seem like family guy in a way when they do that i had a feeling this was going to come up yeah um maybe maybe i mean family guy's been on for 20 years right and they have other cutaway songs or songs that happen like a bag of weed oh yeah love that track (laughs) So Love that Track.
1: It's classic. No, that that is a good comparison because Family Guy and Bob's Burgers are both Fox properties. But with Family Guy, I feel like it is more of like a legitimate cutaway gag where it's you know obviously the whole spiel is you know oh it's like that one time I worked at blah 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 and then they mm-hmm. cut away to a random song. But with Bob's Burgers, the songs are in- integrated into the story.
0: Oh yes. Yeah. And like, obviously with this episode, it's uh, integrated by being performed. It's a full on, it's a full on musical montage of craziness,
1: but ultimately a lot of heart. So is this your musical? Is this what you're doing? No. So (laughs) no. Um, Bob's Burgers, the musical. um, I'm not going to spoil anything because you got it. (laughs) it. Um, But um, it is an original 60 minute musical comedy. Maybe a little shorter. I haven't figured it out yet. And to make it spoiler free, it has the family in their most dire circumstance in the entire series. And on top of that, there are new adventures specifically involving Tina. And I don't know where the story is going to go. I mean, I have an idea, but since it's not finished at the moment, things are still a work in progress. Um, Hopefully, right, right. hopefully, uh, I get the blessings of the show's creators to actually move forward with it. Uh, but right now, it's you know kind of a passion project where it's allowing me to exert my creativity and be like, hey guys, you like Bob's Burgers? What if you? What if there was a Broadway style musical? And that and I and I love it really. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much in a nutshell is BBTM for short. The other thing too is. Um, not to disappoint anybody, but the some of the side characters that might appear in Work Hard or Die, Try and Girl, they more likely than not will not appear in BBTM, partially because of the show's length. I learned from a couple producer friends that I have that the more characters you have, the more stories you got to tell. And right. with an hour long show, you know, you're kind of crunched for time. But I also want the story to be at its core about the family and the tv show you know in a way it's about the family so might as well stick to
0: what works best for you know
1: this new venture
0: yeah because um i don't like i said i don't know a lot about the show so i'm hope i'm hoping all the best for you (laughs) thank you very, very much but uh the family would you call them like middle class or like like, working class, in a way? Lower middle class. Well, Because they own a, obviously, a burger joint. Yeah. Do they say where it is? Yeah, so,
1: I didn't find this out until a couple of years ago, but Bob's Burgers actually takes place on Ocean Avenue, which is slated to be in New Jersey. Um, which, I'm like, yes, because I'm from New Jersey. It is mentioned in the show that they're poor they can't afford a lot of things one of the episodes i think later on in the series it's like it's mother's day and when it's like we're gonna go to kingshead island and we're gonna look at all the really rich houses because we're poor and we can't afford any of them
0: oh that's so depressing
1: yeah but one thing that i really love about like that aspect is it's not like a it's not like a setting it's not like other maybe animated shows where it's like, oh, okay, they're, you know, blue-collar, working class, and, oh, you know, it's just a bunch of shenanigans the whole time. They really do talk about, you know, the fact that they are poor and they're struggling to get by, but they're going to do everything they can to make it work. And most of the time, they actually do make it work. And that's something I think I
0: a lot of people can really admire, and I admire that, too. I mean, this episode, though deals mainly about the kids and their yeah. relationship yeah. in in school yes. high school they're all in middle school? school middle school mm-hmm. i was reading about it on um the their trivia page don't remember which one i, I was on but it says that this is the only episode of the series not to feature the restaurant really i did not know that do you think about if you Really think about it—you're like it only takes place at the school. You yeah, that—that's pretty interesting.
1: And another, a point I also wanted to mention is how like there really aren't a lot of episodes like "Work Hard or Die Try and girl. Not in the sense that they don't take place at the restaurant, but even if you think about it, like it starts—you know, there's no intro. It's mm-hmm. just you know, semi-dramatic it goes music, and it, in. It goes like Mr. Front. It's like okay what's going on i'm here to help and i have my relief or whatever they are in the show those um like i don't know if they appear
0: in the episode but mr fron has
1: like um you know puppets where it's like they
0: were no puppets featured no puppets. But they do they do mention at the end um combined when they combined both shows that he could win an award yeah so I guess he wants to win an (laughs) award. He wants to be the school's best guidance counselor. But I have to say, though, Gene missed out on an opportunity uh, to make the music all Ode to Joy because that's all that's playing in Die Hard. Is it really? I have not. I'm sorry, anyone who's watching this, I've
1: seen bits and pieces of Die Hard. I've heard of Working Girl, which is also what it alludes to. But I have not seen either either work and now i kind of feel bad because you watched both movies and i'm like i didn't i was on a plane
0: oh well that's that's fine i like to do a lot of prep anyway because you know there's only 20 minutes of television that we could talk about in circles and this episode's probably going to be about an hour long so like need to fill it up a little bit absolutely so actually it's funny because both die hard and working girl came out in 1988 the same year Die Hard is now seen as a Christmas movie kind of. Yeah. That always fascinates me. Like because it has a
1: December release, is it a Christmas movie? It's... I mean, it's it's set around
0: Christmas time, so. Very true. I know people are who are really passionate about that. So that one, John McLean, played by uh Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. has to save uh his wife's like holiday party being in in a giant new like tower building um by germans trying to steal the bear bombs, which they mention in the episode of bobs burger interesting, where they're, like, interesting. Where they're like bear bonds kind of like cash and yeah. and working girl is set in new york takes place over the course of like weeks weeks to like a month i want to say mm-hmm. where um the main character tess is trying to break out from being a secretary she wants to she wants to work in mergers and acquisitions in um, yeah with the, the big, big corporate office right so it's just so interesting watching you uh you need to at some point when you have to brush time, up on my 80s culture. <laughs> but like if you if you really want to appreciate all the nuances that they mention in this cuz like there's a joke where Tina is Okay, so Tina is um in love with Jimmy Jr. I'm assuming? Correct, yeah. She likes his butt?
1: <laughs>
0: oh god. Um
1: Yeah. So in this series, Tina's main crush from the very, very beginning is um, Jimmy Jr., who is the son of Bob's nemesis, Jimmy Pesto, who's not even Italian. He's Greek. And yeah, I know (laughs) it's very. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's very weird. But Tina has a thing for butts. And yeah so that's the only reason why she wants to be in working girl the musical is because jimmy Jr. is in it
0: well uh she ends up playing sigourney weaver's character and he plays harrison ford's character and in the movie like they were dating before the story the movie starts and then you find come to find out that harrison ford doesn't really love her and he wants to break up with her and so like tina made a joke about T- oh, tina sets up a joke saying like that she wants to be with jimmy jimmy jr or jimmy jr's character and like all the adults are like no you don't." Know? <laughs> it's sad it's sad but it's so funny <laughs> it is funny i understand it <laughs> <laughs> i just don't understand though why those two movies i get die hard because it's an action flick but like at the same time, I don't understand why these two movies, if they're supposed to be in middle school, right, you know, why these 80s movies? Wouldn't it be like like clueless and I don't know what else, Mortal Kombat or something? Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's actually pretty coincidental because the Mortal Kombat movie just came out.
0: It's true, but this is not not when this episode is released, when we yes. are recording it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, that that's very interesting. I know Gene through his dad, Bob, uh, has a there's a lot of eighties references in the show. In season one, there's an episode, I forget what it's called exactly, but basically Bob shows Louise and Gene uh this this spoof western film called Banjo. And throughout the whole movie, or not movie, uh throughout the whole show or episode gene has this like you know girly pink toy guitar that just keeps playing or whatever it is in reference to like all of the one-liners in the western movie and then louise and gene get into a fight over the guitar because they're like i want it no i want it and it's a whole big mess and then linda's like you never shown you never should have shown the movie bob and bob's like well uh okay you know, typical Bob, but yeah, out of all of the characters in the show, Gene definitely has a lot of or pulls a lot of eighties references, which is also very weird because he's only 11 years old.
0: I mean, that's clearly the influence yeah. of the writers because for sure, for sure. They're all millennials of sorts or elder millennials, I should say. Although uh, another
1: thing too is, I'm really interested in why the writers wanted to have like in Canon, the kids actually write a full fledged two and a half hour musical with such a big budget <laughs> to be put on the stage and sell tickets. I would have, I, I would have loved to do that.
0: Well, cause Carly Simon. You know, Simon. in that time. Yeah. Carly Simon. That's, that's the thing though. Like they don't, with this episode they don't really tell you how much time is passed right so like i don't remember i don't know if you ever did shows in your like middle school or high school but i did usually you're rehearsing for months and months yeah. and granted it's only what like 3 hours a day or 4 hours a day something like that but like do <laughs> we you can tell that they clearly had like 20 minutes to record everything, to rehearse oh, yeah. everything.
1: But the staff writers probably have hours, maybe not oh, hours, but a whole bunch of scenes where it's like they go into like the rehearsal and they do go into the rehearsals. I maybe, here. oh, here's a theory. Maybe the stuff that was deleted or didn't make the cut for Work Hard Did I Try and Girl influenced the Quirk ducers, which is, a thanksgiving episode where the kids use i can't believe i'm saying this tina's erotic fan fiction as the premise for an episode not an episode as the premise for a musical to get out of a half day on thanksgiving jesus christ i know man i know i i it's it's nuts that's that's a, that's a part of the show that I really enjoy. It's very grounded but it's really it could get out there. It really yeah. can.
0: Yeah, I I mean the fact that some of the lines that oh, is it Louise? Is she the one that has that pink hat? The bunny ears. Yeah, bunny ears. The <laughs> when she finds the boiler room and she calls it like the <laughs> secret teacher's opium den. I'm like <laughs> Yes, this is amazing. Bow <laughs> it's down, pretty
1: crazy. Bow down to Louise and her bunny ears. Don't take them from her;
0: she will go crazy. I won't take them from her.
1: There is an episode called "Earsy Rider" where the high school bully Logan, uh, they, she, you know, he takes her ears, and she will stop at nothing to getting
0: back those bunny ears. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of speaking of Louise yeah uh, a, according to the bobs burger wiki there was a goof in this episode when they are and i copied this directly from there so um when the kids are in a huddle right before the performance of work hard or die trying girl yeah Louise is not in costume and she appears in the play from the start it is impossible for her to change that quickly to which i respond saying it's a cartoon yes it's time very is very true. Relative. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like, guys, but, this is this isn't real. This is not real. Yeah. They could do whatever
1: they want. Absolutely. It, it it definitely makes sense. Um, it definitely makes sense for sure because most of the episodes she is working as like box office for Die Hard. She charge. She's charging. She's sneaking into the working girl musical, and it's like. Hey, this, oh, this is my, this is one of my favorite lines. This is what's wrong with, this is what's wrong with Broadway today. Go Die Hard,
0: a one man musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause that's a, so it ends up happening that Gene has to perform it by himself. Yeah. Which I'm not mad at. And after watching Die Hard, I did ask myself, why isn't this a musical? You never know. I mean with all with all like how Broadway is doing things I wouldn't be surprised if Die Hard and or Working Girl were turned into musicals. I think I think
1: based on property name alone Working Girl could work, but also like hey if King Kong could work. And I know King Kong has nothing to do with Die Hard, but if they could bring like King Kong to Broadway uh-huh. They could say, "Hey, let's bring." Actually, it would make more sense, like in the realm of a Spider-Man. If we could bring like an action musical to Broadway, like a Spider-Man, hell, might as well bring Die Hard. It has to be Die Hard. I mean, it has to be Die Hard. Although, fight. do you think Working Girl uh, is in line with Nine to Five? Like in my head, I'm thinking that Working Girl is kind of similar to Nine to Five, in a way
0: in a way but it's more like she has the passion to have a promotion and have a better life and everything meanwhile everyone around her is telling her like stay with your boyfriend who who clearly cheated on you stay um just be a secretary and all these other things so instead of like kidnapping their boss like they do in nine to five she takes the place of her boss (laughs) Ooh, because uh in the movie sigourney weaver goes skiing and she has an accident where she breaks her leg and she's in mm, another country i don't know which one off the top of my head and melanie griffith who plays tess has to take over for her well she she takes over and she has this idea for like a new merger and everything. And she, that's what she wants. It's a very weird and dramatic movie. Uh, but you know what, in terms of like this episode, I actually really enjoyed it. And it was great to understand some of the in jokes that they have in this. Cause I did, I did vet the episode when you like first and um, proposed it. And I was just like, I don't get a lot of these jokes. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: But that's just, that was also just me. I like yeah. I like movies. <laughs> I'm glad you like movies too. <laughs> <laughs> so is season 11 is that like the
1: recent season? Yeah, yeah, this is the most recent season. I think it's almost done.
0: Um, they just aired episode 19. So like they're they're gonna be done for good or they're done for this season. They're done for the season
1: before season 11 even aired excuse me, even before season 11 aired, it was renewed for seasons 12 and 13. Oh, good. Yeah, good for them.
0: More musical moments. Yes. Um, Is Linda really like the artsy, musical mom uh, that she is like in this episode? Yes. Yes. Hell yes. (laughs) Like a a lot of the songs revolve around her.
1: It's kind of equal amongst all of the characters in the series. Linda, who's voiced by John Roberts, she is very outgoing, very eccentric, very theatrical. And Gene takes a lot of those influences from her, even though it's never specified that Linda has a musical background, whereas Gene does. And even then, it's never specified that Gene um, has any, you know, musical background, except he's practically a prodigy in some of the episodes. But Linda, you know, she has probably a lot of the big moments in a lot of the episodes in terms of songs and also just presence in the TV show. And you could probably tell from watching Work Hard or Die, Trying," Girl that she is very, very passionate and defensive for her children or in defense of her children. She's like, nobody messes with my Gene. Nobody messes with my Tina. sometimes there will be friction between her and the kids. Like, and I think in a season three episode, uh, Linda, or or, I think it's actually season two. It's where Tina befriends Tammy and Tammy is kind of like the Wagstaff bully as we get to see in the show. Um, But clearly Tammy's influence weighs on Tina a lot. So, when Tina gets to, det- this is also kind of a trend on TikTok too, where Tina gets detention and-, and Linda's like, Tina, where the hell have you been? And Tina's like, Oh, I just had detention. And then they're like, Detention. And then Tina's like, It's okay, mom. Don't have a crap attack. And then suspenseful music plays. And then Linda goes off. Like, really she-
0: off. Because Tina, quote unquote, swore she had yeah. a. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but there
1: but she's she is really like they're all, all like the core but I feel like if you didn't have a character like Linda I don't know if the show would work so well because Bob is very much the straight man right um I, he's the very I neutral but Linda you gotta have like the second in command and that's
0: she really is that I love her she seems she seems to have be like a lioness of sorts where she's like protective of her like you said protective of her kids but like nonchalant about them themselves yeah yeah. she will go
1: out of her way to
0: promote anything her kids are in oh my god uh is there anything else you want to talk about the episode or bobs perkers in general No, um, I think the only thing I did
1: want to make mention of is like with Louise saying this is what's wrong with everything on Broadway today. I think it's pretty cool that, you know, you have like two different environments where like theater in general can be made. You've got like I mean, granted, it's middle school, but on one hand, you've got the main stage with the big set. And then in the boiler room, you have something that could appear like off broadway or off off broadway or (coughs) like like it really show or like diy even like it really is awesome to see like that kind of representation you've got two different art forms but they're able to coexist in a way um and then you know in a fantasy world where die hard the one man show gets picked up boom it heads to broadway and gets the broadway treatment and it becomes this big budget, really popular and uplifting show.
0: Oh, I do want to mention, though, um, Carly Simon is another in-joke for the episode, because yes. she wrote the end credits song for Working Girl mm-hmm. called Let the River Run, and performs yeah. it. So that's why Carly Simon is in this episode. I <laughs> It's just so weird. Like,
1: Courtney's dad knows Carly Simon, and he's like, Carly Simon's going to be here. I promise you that.
0: Oh, yeah. Courtney's dad knows Cor- Carly Simon. Right. Yeah. And
1: then, and then Carly Simon finally appears in the credits. Or maybe so, the very
0: end of the episode. How often does it, that happen, though? Like, where the credits are something that aren't just, like, scrolling credits? I should Every
1: say. episode, it's brand new.
0: Oh, really? yeah they do something:
1: I think, Yeah, I think starting in season two, um, the animators decided to make every end credit scene new to some degree. so the season five premiere credits will be different from season 5 episode two.
0: Oh And do they normally go with the episode, or is it just whatever the writers?: wanted? Yeah,
1: normally what they'll do is the main you know animation is Bob. Uh, you know, doing his thing behind the grill. But then, you know, maybe one time you'll have Linda dancing with Teddy and Mort, who aren't featured in this episode, but they're supporting characters, and she'll be with them. Other times, you'll see like a prop that's used or a pet that's used in the show or the episode, and they'll use that. So it's 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 a nice uh, you know perk to the show instead of just doing you know block credits,
0: right? With the with the the tit- the title song or whatever. Yeah, and the staff that worked on the show. And the staff. Not to say that like, their work isn't appreciated, but like, it's more entertaining to see another visual of. Something. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the segment I like to call "Sharp and Flat," shall we? Yes, let's do it. Sharp. Flat. Obviously, we, we had a we had a discussion <laughs> about this episode. <laughs> yes. Um, and we're going to highlight moments that uh, if we really liked it, it's sharp. Or if we didn't like it, it's flat. Do you have any sharps that you want to mention? Or that you want to highlight that we've talked about already? One
1: sharp that definitely comes to mind is Linda's one-liner. That's my daughter. And then the person is like shushing her. And then she says, Shh, tell her.
0: <laughs> that so would be,
1: if I am ever given the opportunity to be a father to to kids in the arts that is exactly how I'm going to act when somebody tells me to shush or like I'm like woo go i don't know mark or whatever my <laughs> child's name is and then child yeah go child go child a and then somebody shushes me and I'm like just yes. <laughs> That is
0: the that is probably the biggest sharp for me. What about you? I wrote down that they actually got Carly Simon. That's that's a huge sharp. That's a sharp. And then also, I felt like this is a great this worked as a standalone episode. Yes. You get you get everything that you needed to know. Like they tell you that Gene and Courtney dated and they're not dating anymore. You get a dynamic of the kids. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you uh, you get that Tina likes Jimmy Jr. and his butt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you have any flats? I mean... Well, really the
1: only flat that I have, and this is not like something I don't like about the episode, but it's more of a flat in context, is the way Gene treats the diehard cast. So what happens mm. in the episode is, you know in support of Gene not getting selected to have Die Hard be produced because of, you know, industry connections or nepotism or whatever you want to call it. Um, he, you know, through Louise, they, they go into the boiler room. They have the music do- director who was also, like, love she, her. Oh, she was great. Big sharp, big sharp for her. Mm-hmm. Um, they go into the boiler room. They start rehearsing. And then Gene goes, like, basically the person you don't want to work with you know that's just like the big leader he's like no you're doing this wrong this is how it's supposed to be done um you know all of you are doing a terrible job and all that probably not to such an extreme but it does get to the point where i don't think gene really learns his really gets his comeuppance like he doesn't learn from it i think Mm. um but i think it, it that is a flat
0: for me and see i wrote as a flat that i wish there were more songs or more defined songs i should say because you, you, when you look this up uh really there's like a whole montage of both shows happening at the same time yeah but then they only credit the titular song work hard or die trying girl and yeah. it's like hmm. OK, but like you could give a name to you give or give names to the montage if you wanted. Yeah, I
1: I think so on Spotify there. The creators released an album of the all the songs from season one through whenever. Um, and I did listen to it at the gym a couple of weeks ago. It was pretty awesome in preparation for this podcast. But they did have work harder, die triangle as one uh, song and, I, and I'm and i thinking to myself uh, the first song with Andy and Ollie who are Jimmy Pesto's younger brother or Jimmy Jr's younger brothers um, singing about how they're in the FBI it's like you could have called them like the two footed federal guys and have that be a song you could have had Tina's hey Mr. Justin can you work for me then could have had that one I think in retrospect then because they were only maybe 10-15 seconds long that's right. probably why they weren't added,
0: or it could have just been composed that way by Loren and Nora. Would you? I mean, I, I think I know the answer to this, but would you add it to your life's playlist? Yes. <laughs> you have <it> already? <laughs> yes. Um, if I was to add a
1: particular segment, oh, if I was to add a segment, I would say the big like finale where after in the episode where they like reconvene they they get their both of their shows shut down um after opening night (laughs) tier yeah um but then they reconvene and this is where gene learns his lesson in a bit and and courtney and gene reconvene and they're like okay we only have 20 minutes to put on a giant musical what are we going to do so then they put on the titular musical um but it this is where I'm pretty sure they they not parody but they spoof on Seasons of Love from Rent, where, yep, all okay. of the characters are singing like na, 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 somewhere up up up, and it goes in line. I'm pretty sure they do this. Like s- somebody could have watched the you know Rent documentary with Adam Pascal and Renee, and watch that. In Rent, do they actually have like spotlights on each character, or no?
0: In that scene, I don't think they do. In the movie, they do. In the that stage, in. in the stage version, I don't think they do. Gotcha. I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, and I've only seen bits. Of, I've listened
1: to the soundtrack, but it's been a minute since I've seen uh, Rent on YouTube
0: yeah but- so in the in the movie version the um they ha- they are all standing in the line with lights down on them just like the uh was in this episode
1: yeah i i immediately when i saw it, i'm like rent like yes oh yeah the other thing too is this is like you might have to have like you know an ear for this but in the sequence where they all go in the line and, and the camera, you know, the camera, whatever te- technology they have. I don't know how to make an animated show, but you can hear each individual voice actor singing in line with oh. each other. I'm like, that's pretty cool. But if I was to say, you know, part of that song would be part of the life's playlist and also the end credit song where it's like, work hard. Yeah. I, I, but-
0: yeah. That's all. I think that's all. Work hard or die trying, girl. I think so. There were people who wanted like
1: full segment or, or like a full on end credit song, but unfortunately, it has not happened yet. And if knock on wood, you know I have any leverage in getting Bob's Burgers the musical anywhere, I'm gonna be like, yo, let's have standalone episodes of uh, Working Girl the musical.
0: And Die Hard the Musical. Yes. Yes. That's all I want now. Yes. That's all I need. Yes. Just so so we have albums of them. For sure. For sure. We've come to the end, actually. Do you want to talk more about Bob's Burgers the Musical? Give us a little nugget here and there. (laughs) Yeah. So right now
1: I have released all of the demos from the show. They are available on my TikTok. They'll be segmented. I'm thinking about um, releasing them all on YouTube. They already are, but it's unlisted. Right. So that means only people with the link can watch the demos. So I'm thinking about once um, all of the demos are released publicly, I'll put the link in my TikTok unless it gets flagged for community guideline violations or something like that. And (laughs) I'll put it up. I'll put it up there. Um, As, you know, as I keep working on the show, um, I'll be sharing my creative process. And if you have any ideas for the show,
0: I'm all ears. So this is going to be a stupid question, but are you thinking it's going to be animated or are you thinking it's a stage show? Stage. Okay. So are you expecting in your dream of dreams... Are you expecting the cast to sound like the cartoon voices?
1: That's the tough part for me. I don't know if how familiar you were with SpongeBob SquarePants the musical. Um, I've seen clips of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's acceptable. But that's like the tough part. It's like, do I have people? Like, do I have like people? play these characters and like do their own thing with it which is what Tina Landau and everybody in the uh, Spongebob company you know was asked to, or not asked but you know wanted to do or do I stick with the like original and have it be more in line with the TV show because another thing that um a lot of people might not recognize at least at first glance is the vast majority of the characters in the show are voiced by men the only person right. the only Characters that are voiced by females are um Angie Nolly, who are voiced by Sarah Silverman, and Louise, in which I forget who voices her.
0: I think was um, like a Kristen Shaw, I believe that's her name. Yeah,
1: that's her. I was about to say Kristen Bell, and I'm like, she's an actress. And I remember Kristen Shaw being in a couple projects too. So I'm leaning more towards um actors and actresses who are a part of the show. Um, doing their own thing with it putting their own spin on it and just having it be more diverse and representative of what the theater community is today rather than it just being you know bob's burgers the tv show on stage i feel like a lot of people would be you know more appreciative of it um for it being that way and i think because it's you know an original musical might as well you know Creatively speaking, put my own spin on it.
0: I do want to correct you. Usually I don't have corrections. You're sure. fine. You're fine. But I do want to correct you. Ollie is voiced by Sarah Silverman. Andy's voiced by her sister, Laura Silverman. That's right. That's right.
1: That makes more sense now.
0: <laughs> I am DB Page. To the rescue. That is yeah. a godsend. I, I feel like if you don't mind me putting my own two cents in, yeah, you're cut. You're, it could be good. something how well do you know guys and dolls
1: that actually was my grandfather's favorite musical i am familiar with guys and dolls um i have not seen a production of it i'm familiar with certain aspects of the
0: story so there's uh the character adelaide who Mm -hmm. has a really has a very particular voice and people try to emulate what was the original person who did it right got this very nasally new yorky void accent going on so like with linda because i I, are you are you thinking that it's gonna be a man playing her or uh, i do have an actress in mind to play linda
1: i've worked with her i've worked with her um most recently on my other show And immediately when I started developing BBTM, I'm like, she could be
0: a really awesome Linda. So you could have her do like the Jersey, New York accent. Right. Not necessarily be nasal. Like she doesn't have to necessarily be nasally like Linda is, but she could have that. Oh, my kids, you know? Yeah. (laughs) The, all my kids accent. Oh, my kids. Yeah. 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 Uh you mentioned you had another project. What was this other project that you speak of?
1: Yes, so um my really good friend Mastissio and I back uh well not back, but from 2017 through last year, um uh, we created Lanera de Socartes, which is an uplifting tragedy on love, opportunity and change. It we adapted the book originally by Benito Pérez Galdos into the first like American iteration of the story. Um, We do have some plans in the works for the show because we're very hopeful that we get producers involved to have it come to the stage in the next couple of years. Um, But right now it is available to watch in its entirety for free on YouTube because of the COVID pandemic, we had to adapt it for a virtual audience in a virtual stage. It was my senior capstone pro. Thank you. It was my senior capstone project at Rowan University. Go profs. And it opened November 26th through December 6th, something like that. And yeah, um, if you go on the website, which is just o-c-ar-r-t-e-s.com, the show is right available, right? It's, it's available right there. Um, you can see the cast. You can see the creative team. Um, I'm super proud of it. Uh, My collaborator is super proud of it. Um, And we're looking forward to what's to come with that. That is completely different from BBTM because that is a whole bunch of Spanish music and folk music. Whereas this show, um, you know, a a little sneak preview is very much rock oriented, very much inspired by the show, but musically it's
0: a departure from. That's awesome. Is there anything else you want to plug or promote while we're here? I've got nothing. I've got nothing else. Uh what was your t- your TikTok and Instagram handles again? My
1: TikTok and Instagram handles are this is greg n. T I H S I S
0: G R E G G N. And the all this info will be in the show notes. Uh yes. so no one has to worry about remembering how to spell things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to reach out to me and talk to me about Bob's Burgers and I don't know, inform me about things that I don't know about it. Uh, <laughs> Build
1: the fandom. Build the nope. fandom.
0: I've got 11 seasons to catch up on. Oh boy. Uh, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. And if you want to be part of the conversation for next episode, we're going to be talking about Moana interesting it's a uh, interesting it, i go everywhere <laughs> too it's many
1: funny. of my too many of my friends think i look like maui from moana or at least i used to look like
0: him i can see it but like it's just because you're you have a tan and longish yeah. hair yeah it's not too it's, long but
1: it was it was longer before a couple weeks ago i got a hair i got a haircut oh
0: fancy um I don't know how to exit out of this one. I mean, we could Hans Gruber it. Just no. No. No!
1: Uh, Bye for now, everyone. Thank you so much for listening.